A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. This is Mike Frost here with David Lee, and today we're going to discuss the pros and cons of Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks. And some of you may be saying, well, where's Matt? Well, Matt's taking time off today, so David and I are going to handle this, and we do have a special guest, Natalie Wilson, who is also the producer, and she's also the marketing manager for our company. Hello, nice to talk to everyone. (laughs) David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Uh, Glad to be here, and I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today. I think it's important. Well, let's just jump right in, David. So Roth, everybody hears this word Roth IRA, Roth 401k. What the heck is a Roth? A Roth is just a, the way I explain it a lot of times to folks when they're in the office, it's just a container that contains investment investments. It happens to be a tax-free container. And what I mean by that is uh, if you think about a 401k or an IRA, most people are familiar with those terms. Those are also just containers that contain investments. So when you put money into an IRA or 401k, as you probably know, you get to deduct that contribution from your taxable income for the year. You're putting tax deferred dollars. Really what it is, is it's tax deferred earnings. If you think about it, you're making a handshake deal with uncle Sam saying, if you won't tax me now and let me put these earnings away without being taxed on it today, you can tax me tomorrow down the road when I eventually retire and I start to pull that money out, tax me at that time. But the problem is we don't know what that future tax rate is going to be, right, Mike? That's the key. Pay the tax now or pay the tax later? That's the question we'll all have to answer on Roth. So so where did the Roth start? Well, some senator by the name of William Roth, as part of the Tax Relief Act of 1997, created this thing that we now use as a Roth. And for many years, most people had no clue how to use it or what they're doing. So in 2017, Ross had $810 billion in it. That's 810 with a B, billions. 70% of Americans who opened a Roth did so with contributions alone. That means they didn't convert any. And we're going to be talking about converting Roth. So about about 30% of Americans have a Roth IRA, according to Motley Fool. And there's about about a 50% growth in Roths between the years 2010 and 2013. So there is a move, more people are going, more people have learned about Roths. And so that's why we wanna talk today about what is a Roth, what are the components of a Roth, why would it make sense for you to have a Roth? So David, you told us what a Roth is. Why would anybody do a Roth? Who would it make sense for? Well, bottom line is it makes sense for almost everybody at some level, because uh, to to expand a little bit further on the idea of a Roth, when you put, unlike an IRA, when you put money into that IRA and you get a tax deduction, as I mentioned earlier, in a Roth, when you put the money in, you do not get a tax deduction because you're not making that same handshake deal with Uncle Sam saying, don't tax me now, you can tax me later. So when you put money in a Roth, you're paying taxes now. In other words, you do not get a tax deduction when you put money into a Roth but you get to take it out tax-free, tax-free later. Not just tax-free on the money you put in, but tax-free on all the growth also. So you can do the 
you know, you can kind of imagine, especially if you're, uh, especially if you're young and you've got the advantage of time on your side and compounding uh, the time for compounding to work for you, the tax-free advantage of a Roth can be huge. But even if you're older and you've got a lot of money in IRA, it can be a huge advantage to avoid the unknown tax consequences of future withdrawals from that IRA by doing what's called Roth conversions, which we'll talk more about in a minute. So let's break that down real quick. So if I got $1,000 and I can put it into a Roth or I can put it into an IRA, if I put that $1,000 to an IRA, it grows over my lifetime until I pull it out. And then I pay tax on the thousand plus all the growth. So if I put that $1,000 into a Roth, actually it's not $1,000 because I got to pay the tax on it. So let's say I'm at a 25% tax bracket. So now I'm only putting in $750. So on the surface of that, it looks like I'm getting to put more money into an IRA then I do a Roth because I only get seven fifty into a Roth and I get a thousand to an IRA. Now you've shown us on several occasions how it doesn't matter. Mathematically, they'll both be the same. Can you explain that? So using your example, Mike, you put a thousand bucks into the IRA, uh, and if we assume a seven point two percent rate of return in ten years, that money will double. So a thousand dollars in the IRA becomes two thousand dollars ten years from now. If we assume a 25% tax burden, 25% of $2,000 is $500. So the after-tax amount is $1,500. So if you took that $2,000 out of the IRA and you paid a 25% tax bill, your net after-tax withdrawal is $1,500. Now, if you put the same $1,000 the after-tax equivalent of $1,000 into the Roth, which is $750 using the same 25% uh, tax example. So you put $1,000 into a Roth, you pay the taxes now, so you've got $750 going into the Roth. 10 years from now, it's the same $1,500, but it's tax-free. So mathematically, An IRA and a Roth IRA are mathematically equivalent if we assume the same tax rate and the same rate of return. So that's the big if that none of us really know is what will the tax rate be in the future. So if we do Roth today, we know what tax we'll pay because we pay the tax when we put the money into a Roth. But if we put into an IRA, then we don't know what that tax rate will be because it's sometime in the future. And for some of us, it's closer than it would be for others. So that's the question mark. But if we assume the same tax rate, they're mathematically equivalent, just like you did. Good job, David. So how does someone go go about doing a Roth, David? So wh- where do you put these things? Is that a special investment that we use? What? How do you do a Roth? Yeah, that's a common point of confusion. A lot of people think that the Roth is the investment vehicle. But remember we, how we started this conversation talking about how the Roth is just the container that contains the investments. The illustration that I use here in the office is I've got a cup on, sitting on my desk that's got a bunch of pins in it. Well, that, that container, it's just a container that happens to hold a bunch of pins, but it could, I could have put a bunch of paper clips or whatever into it also. So a Roth or an IRA or a 401k is the same thing. It just happens to be the container, the container determines what kind of tax treatment the withdrawals have. But that container can contain anything you want. It can contain individual stocks. It could contain exchange-traded funds or ETFs. It could contain mutual funds or bonds or or whatever. 
So you're saying it doesn't matter what's inside the container. If it's an IRA, you can have Walmart stock, JB Hunt stock. Inside of a Roth IRA, you can have the same, the same stocks. Same stocks. Dave Ramsey, and those of you that are listening, some of you are smart investor pro folks and Dave Ramsey followers, he used the term, it's a coat. It's a tax coat. It's just a different coat. What's inside the coat doesn't matter. It's just a different tax treatment. So that's what a Roth is. It's just tax treatment on an investment. All right. So David, who benefits? I'm 60 years old. Natalie's sitting here. She's a millennial. Who benefits the most? Someone my age, someone her age, or maybe someone your age? Uh, I th the answer is everyone benefits. Uh, I would... You could make an argument that someone that has the most time to wait before they take those withdrawals out will, will theoretically benefit the most, but everyone will benefit because the if you think about it, based on what we've talked about so far, the main risk to a traditional IRA or 401k or 403b, any kind of investment container or as you put it, coat, Mike, where you're making a deal with Uncle Sam saying, you tax me later at whatever the future tax rate is. That's a tax risk if you think about it, because none of us know what tax rates are going to be in the future. You can make a pretty educated guess that they might be higher with a, whatever our debt is today, 20 plus trillion dollars. You can make a pretty good educated guess that at some point that that debt bill is going to come due in, in the form of higher tax rates. So if you believe that tax rates are going to be higher in the future, everyone will benefit from a, from a Roth IRA. So the question then becomes, well, how do we get money into a Roth? And there's a couple of ways we'll talk about. Yeah, there, there's just two ways that you can get money to a Roth. One is called a conversion. If you currently have IRAs, 401ks, that you can convert to a Roth. Uh, you can do as much of that as you want, as long as you can pay the tax. But as contributions... If you contribute to a Roth IRA, the maximum you can put in per person if you're fit under 50 is $6,000 a year. And if you're over 50, you can do $7,000 a year. And as David says, depending on what your thoughts are, your view is on what the taxes will be in the future, uh, we truly believe now is a great time to be doing Roths, either contributions and or conversions. So that was answering the next question we had, David. When's the best time to do a Roth? Uh, yesterday, yeah. I think would be the right answer for that. So let's say that we are already in retirement. A lot of our, our clients are already retired and they do have a significant sum in an IRA or a 401k. So if they're retired and 65 or older, maybe on Medicare, what are some things they should watch out for? Well, first of all, what you should be thinking about, if you've got if you're like most people that we see, I'd say the, the vast majority that come in the doors have most of their retirement assets in 401ks and IRAs. So they're in that type of investment where they've made that deal with Uncle Sam that, that hey, tax me, don't tax me now, tax me later. So you can start to unwind that tax risk by doing Roth conversions. So remember Mike said there are two and only two ways to get money into Roths, contributions and conversions. So if you've already got most of your money in non-Roth IRAs, the only way to get get money into a Roth is doing a conversion. That's where you literally take a withdrawal out of an IRA, pay Uncle Sam the tax at today's tax rates, and then the the after-tax amount ends up going into the Roth and growing tax-free from there. So David, if I were to do that right now, and th that I 
let's make up a number, $50,000 I wanted to convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth. From the government's point of view, that looks like income to me. It absolutely is because as we said earlier, all an IRA is really deferred earnings. That's all you're doing. You're just saying, I'm going to put these earnings that I've earned this year back and not pay tax on it now. I'll pay tax on it later when I take it out. Well, a Roth conversion, as I said, is a withdrawal. So when you take that withdrawal out of the IRA in order to convert it to a Roth, that is taking those earnings out of deferral and basically taxing them in that year where you do the conversion. So if I'm already retired or close to retirement, I'm over 59 and a half. All right. So now I've done that. So I don't have to pay any penalty on this, but let's say I am 65 and I'm on Medicare and I'm on social security and I take a big $50,000 bump in income. What can that do to me? It can cause your Medicare premiums to go up. It can cause your social security taxes to go up. Uh, so there are definitely some things you want to watch out for. There's a, there is a right and a wrong way to do Roth conversions. You want to, you want to do what we call managing your tax bracket. So you want to look at which, which tax bracket are you in? How high does that bracket go? So for example, um, I don't have the break points in front of me, but let's just say the 22% bracket goes up to like 175,000. I think it's in that neighborhood. And let's say that your taxable income is 120. Well, 100 and 170,000 minus 120,000 is 50,000. So you've got a $50,000 buffer above you and still being, uh, while still being able to stay inside that 22% bracket. So in that example, we would not want to convert more than $50,000 in a year if we wanted to stay in that 22% bracket. And so we need to pay attention to our tax brackets, yes. but we also need to pay attention to what that extra income can do as far as taxes on our social security benefits. And does it affect our Medicare payments uh, for part B Medicare? So there's a lot of moving pieces there we had to pay attention to if someone is in retirement and if they're already on Medicare and if they're taking social security. So what we're saying is Roth conversions, Roth IRAs are a great deal, especially during this period of time where our taxes are quote on sale, but you really need to do your homework and make sure that we got everything lined out and we absolutely can help you with that. But a CPA would be absolutely the right person that can nail it for you. Yeah. And on that note, we, we always work, alongside a client CPA whenever we're talking about doing Roth conversions, because as you said, Mike, there's a lot of moving parts there. We want to make, especially if we're working with someone who's already on Medicare, uh, we want to, or on social security, I should say, we want to make sure that we manage not only their tax bracket, but also their Medicare bracket, if you will, because there are certain breakpoints. If you go above, if you go, if you take your income too high, it not only impacts your social security tax, but also increases your Medicare tax. So a lot of things to consider. Now, Dave, let's say that I'm uh, Natalie's age. I'm 30 and I happen to have a separate IRA and I want to convert to a Roth. What implications would that be to someone that's under 59 and a half? Well, uh, you mentioned Natalie. So Natalie, you're 29, right? You're a... That's correct. Yeah. So younger people like, like Natalie here, uh, when they're, when you're early in your career, you're uh, typically going to be eligible for making Roth contributions. That's the other way to get money into Roths. So it, as, as you mentioned earlier, Mike, you can make a maximum contribution if you're Natalie's age up to 
$6,000 per year. Um, in order to make a contribution, you have to meet certain income thresholds. Your, your, your uh, taxable income needs to be less than approximately 200000 So um, a lot of 20-somethings and 30-somethings are, are well under that d- during the early part of their career. So for a, for a millennial, you're typically looking at making a $6,000 contribution. You're having to that's not, you're not getting a tax deduction for that, but it's growing tax free. And, you know, with the power of compounding returns, that $6,000 contribution every year, year after year after year, growing tax free can end up being a significant tax free benefit. And when they're early in their career, they're probably in one of their lowest tax brackets that they're going to be in in their lifetime. So doing it then and letting that that asset grow throughout 30, 40 years of working is absolutely the right thing. But if they did want to convert under 59 and a half, there's a penalty there, isn't it? Yes, because as I mentioned earlier, a conversion is really just an IRA withdrawal. When you really boil it down, that's all it is. You're taking a withdrawal from an IRA in order to move it to a Roth. Well, under the IRS tax rules with the way IRAs are treated. If you take a withdrawal out of an IRA prior to the age of 59 and a half, there's a 10% early withdrawal penalty. There, there are ways to avoid that penalty through what's called a 72T. Uh, it, it's a uh, paragraph in the tax code, paragraph 72T, that allows you to take a small withdrawal out over a long period of time. And, and it's a, a, ta- a penalty-free withdrawal, and you can convert that. And there's one other way, too. If you have other assets, you can pay the tax on That's true. and convert 100% from an IRA to the Roth and pay the tax from some other source, then there would not be a penalty. Now we're on age. How old can you be or is there an age limit to contribute to a Roth IRA? No. You have to have earned income is the key. So it used to be you couldn't contribute to an IRA after 70 and a half. Well, you can now with the law, but you can also contribute to a Roth as long as you have earned income. income. And on that note, I'll, I'll just add one uh, idea here for free. Uh, if, you, if you're a business owner out there and you have kids, uh, you, can, you can actually pay them to do some jobs for you. Now, guess what? They have earned income. And if they have earned income, they can do a Roth. And imagine the power of having a teenager that you're putting $6,000 a year into their Roth IRA because they're working for you doing some kind of job at your business and you're maxing out their Roth IRA for them. Uh, you know, the, the magic of compounding has to do with time. The more time you have before you, before you need that money, the more, um, the more it can grow. So, well, Dave, we talked a lot of things about Roths. Who should do them, millennials or you know, baby boomers. Uh, but there's this other thing out there. You mentioned income limits earlier, about 200,000, between 194 to 200,000. You're not eligible to contribute to a Roth. Well, David, is there any way if someone's in that earning, they're, they're really doing well in their career and they want to do a Roth, is there any way possible for them to do one? Yeah, great question. This is a common uh it's a good problem to have, but it's a common problem that we sometimes come uh, across where someone's 
over that income threshold where they cannot contribute to a Roth. Well, under the tax code, there's a, you might call it a loophole that currently exists where you can do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA because there's, there's no income limit to being able to do a traditional IRA contribution. So again, you put $6,000 into the IRA, assuming you're under 50, 7,000 if you're over 50. You put that contribution into an IRA, and because there's no income limit to being able to do a Roth conversion, you immediately then convert that $6,000 or $7,000 contribution right over to a Roth. And there's one factor there where you have to be very important. If you currently have an IRA and you want to do a backdoor Roth, then there's some complicated uh, tax implications you may have to be involved with. But if you do not have an IRA and you want to convert or contribute to a Roth and you make too much money, then a backdoor Roth would absolutely be an option for you. you bet. All right, Dave, we talked a lot about Roths where our time is getting close here. So right now, if someone thinks they want to do a Roth, what are some important questions they should be asking? Uh, well, number one, you want to know what tax bracket am I in? What tax bracket are you in now? And what does your tax bracket look like you'll be in in the future? And That's if you right. think it's going to be higher in the future, now would be a great time. Yeah. What about how much money can they have into an IRA or 401k before they really need to be thinking about this, David? Uh, that, there's a lot that goes into this question because of our limited time. Uh, I'll just give you the bottom line rule of thumb. If you do not have a pension, three to four hundred thousand dollars. If you've got more than three to four hundred thousand dollars in IRAs, you need to start thinking about doing conversions. And you mean that they're projected to have three to $400,000 when they get to retirement. Yes. If they have more than that, they really need to be thinking about doing a Roth. And that all has to do with provisional income and more. We can get more in depth on that in another podcast. But if you have a pension, you're going to be paying tax on that. So you should absolutely be thinking about doing a Roth. Yeah. Right no, matter, no matter how much or how little you have in an IRA or a 401k, if you're going to have a pension post-retirement, you really need to be thinking about doing Roth conversions because you're going to, that pension is going to be taxable income that, that you can't control, so to speak. So that the name of the game post-retirement, you want to be able to be in control somewhat of your tax return by, by being able to, you know, take a portion of your income from a tax-free Roth IRA, a portion from partially taxable social security, and then a portion from uh, a taxable IRA. Well, if you've got, pension money coming in, that's taxable money that's going to come in every month for the rest of your life that you have no control over. So you want to be really thinking about Roth conversions if you have a pension. So we've talked a lot about Roth today. We understand it's not an investment. It's the tax treatment on an investment. Uh, depending on who you are, what your age is, Roth right now, based off of our tax structure, would be appropriate for almost everyone. But if you're in doubt, you need to talk to someone like us here at Mach 1. So if somebody were thinking, you know what, maybe I should be doing a Roth. David, what do you, would you recommend they do? I would recommend that you, first of all, talk to your advisor. If you, have, if you don't have a financial advisor, we would love to help you here at Mach 1. If you have a financial advisor, especially one who is a fiduciary, which is really important, uh, I would start there. Start by talking to a, a good, qualified reputable financial advisor, and then jointly talking with a CPA. Those, those two components together are who should be kind of 
teaming up with you to make sure that you're making a wise decision relative to when, how much, or if or when and how much you should convert to a Roth IRA. And net time is of the essence because as of today, in 2026, the tax brackets that we enjoy today will actually increase unless Congress does something different. And again, we don't know what the election is going to do. We heard from one candidate that they're definitely going to raise taxes. So if you're considering a Roth, we would say talk to a professional, a financial professional like us here at Mach 1 and or your CPA to get some guidance on if it's right for you. Okay, well, that kind of wraps up today's Roth conversions, Roth contributions discussions. Any last minute thoughts, David? No, uh, Natalie, thank you for uh, thank you for the production. Thanks for all you do to, to uh, make the podcast uh, what it is. And we appreciate, appreciate your efforts. Oh, you're welcome. I had never actually heard of the, the coat or cup analogy when you're comparing or looking at Roth versus regular. So I learned something new each podcast. So I appreciate the knowledge. Uh, you can always learn something. That's right. All right. If you have any questions for us here at Mach 1, please leave them here at our website. Uh, Natalie, our producer, our marketing director, will make sure we get those and we can answer them on our next podcast. And for the thought of the day, this comes from Zig Ziglar. If you aim at nothing, you will surely hit it. That's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.